I wanted to just speak to our hearts today. This has been an interesting week. I know I've, I've demonstrated my gift for understatements. And so much can come at us, so much can uh, just overwhelm us. And in thinking about a scripture that just provides a sense of direction and a sense of focus in this time, I'm drawn to Psalm 61. Hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. And here's my focus at the end of verse 2. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. Thank the Lord. To me, one of the most important words in that in those entire first three verses of Psalm 61 is when it says, when my heart is overwhelmed, the word when. Not if my heart is overwhelmed. Because how many know our hearts get overwhelmed sometimes? We're human beings and things happen and things happen in our individual lives. Things happen within our families. Things happen within our communities, our general locale. Things happen nationally. When my heart is overwhelmed, I want to encourage you today. Because I've just noticed a lot of commentary that has become, I guess, critical of Christians uh, that when their hearts get overwhelmed, uh, they receive criticism or commenting on a lack of faith. The Bible is clear. When your heart is overwhelmed, there's an answer. When your heart is overwhelmed, there's a place we can go. When your heart is overwhelmed, God understood that would happen and made a path for you and me. When my heart is overwhelmed, Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. That is higher than I. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Romans, chapter 12. Over the next several weeks, my messages will follow a very specific theme. There will be a common phrase in each of them, and it is the phrase, one another. That phrase appears 58 times in the New Testament. And what's interesting about that, although there's been a lot of commentary and messages written about the one another's of the New Testament, of the 58 times it appears in the New Testament, all but one, it's a command. Love one another. Encourage one another. Bear with one another. Consider one another. Pray for one another. All but one. 
The only place, the only one place where it's not a command but a statement is what we're going to cover today at the beginning of this series where the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Rome and I took it as a title today, Members of One Another. Romans chapter 12, I'll begin reading in verse number 3. For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one of each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Church, we are members of one another. When we came to Jesus, we also became part of his body. And becoming part of his body means we become part of one another. Now that has implications for how we view other Christians because in how we view other Christians oftentimes is a, is a perspective and a view on ourselves. It also has implications in how we talk about other Christians because again, we are members one of another, and it definitely has implications in how we pray one for another. Remaining mindful that we are viewing and talking and praying about those who are part of me, part of us. The one another phrases throughout the New Testament, they're focused on the church. That's why the church for me is so special. That's why the church for me is so vital and needed. It Understanding the place of the church as the body of Christ should help shape my entire perspective of the people of God, starting with their part of me. So I want to look a little deeper into this concept. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'll begin reading in verse number 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by the Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact the body is not one member but many. If the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I am not the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? And if the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor can the head say to the foot, I have no need of you. Let's stop there for a moment. The body is not one member, but many. I'm about to give a shocking statement. We are different. 
shocking statement has come to a close. We look different. We were raised differently. We think differently. We have different life experiences. We've had, we've had different hurts in life. We've got different personalities. We've come from different economic situations. We've got different sets of gifts and talents. We've got different ways of looking at life. There are some who sing beautifully, and there are some not so much. This points to me that God accepts all of us right where we are. Which means if our goal is to be God-like or godly, then if God accepts all of us right where we are, then his body needs to accept, at the very least, other parts of the body right where they are. And this starts with, with us, the body of Christ. We do not have all the same function. Not, not all have the same insights. We don't think the same way. If the foot says, because I am not the hand, therefore I am not the body, verse 15. And he poses the question, is it not the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? First of all, think about that. If the whole body were the eye, that looks creepy. That would be creepy. God's design is that each member of the body is to be different. I need to say that again. God's design, God's intention, God's purpose, God's forethinking and foreknowledge is that each member of the body would be different. That each member of the body has a different function, but that each member of the body would be considered in its difference vitally important. Keeping in mind, but God has set the members, each one of them, in the body. And it says in verse 18, just as he pleased. I know none of you have ever thought this way. This is how other believers in the body have thought this way. But there are some who have probably pondered, why can't everyone just be like me? Again, none of you have ever thought that way, I know. Why can't, you know, life in general would just be nicer if everyone were like me. Well, why isn't everyone like you? First of all, because God loves you. But keep in mind, he loves you. But he doesn't love you enough to make more of you. He wants you just the way you are. That's why he put the body together, and it says in verse 18, as he pleases, as pleased him. What an awesome thought. Not just that God made you who you are, but God fit together with others in a way that pleases him. And isn't that our goal, to be as a body something that pleases him? As you are right now, you are a special gift to this church. Now, verses 19 to 21 really get at the heart of what I want to hopefully communicate today. Church, we need each other. If we were all one member, there would be no body, he says. 
what makes up the body is that we're different. Being different is what makes us whole. I want to balance that. Because being different is no excuse for being immature. If you are emotional, then God made you that way by nature. But that means you need to become mature in being emotional. If you are opinionated, that's how God made you by nature. But then you need to become mature in being opinionated. If God made you comfortable isolating from people and you tend to be a loner, that's how God wired you. Then you need to become mature in that wiring so that it lines up with the word of God, which says not to forsake the assembling together of yourselves. If you're comfortable with not speaking up because you don't like confrontation, I admit that, then you need to understand the need to become mature in that. Understand who you are. Understand the gift that you are to the body. And understand the Lord's desire that however he designed you to grow you to the man or woman of God, that he wants you to be a mature individual. But then comes verse 21. And sadly, I've heard this from so many Christians. And I just don't understand it. I mean, I understand the life experiences it may come from. But when I look deeper at scripture, I don't understand it. Verse 21 says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the hand to the feet, I have no need of you. I don't need to go to church. I've heard that one. I can experience God all by myself. That was never in question. We should be able to experience God all by ourselves. But just because we're able to experience God all by ourselves, we don't get to violate God's word, which says, do not forsake getting together. I don't need the church. I don't need the company of other believers. I invite you to turn to the scripture that supports that mindset. We'd be here for years. God's word says you can't say that. He said the hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you. Which means if you can't say that, it's not true. Which means if it's not true, then it's a lie. Church, we need each other. All of our gifts are necessary. All of our perspectives are necessary. We are all needed to make up his body. And when we get this idea that all that I need is me and God, and I understand the principle that's being applied there, but it often goes way too far. Now, why would some say this? Well, maybe they're not fond of being in groups of people. Again, they like being on their own. But more than what I've experienced, they've been hurt by other Christians. They've been hurt in Christian circles, and they figure, why bother? These issues are very real, and they should not be just dismissed without being considered, especially the hurt part. But the bottom line is our past life experiences don't change the role the body of Christ was designed by God through his word to be in your life. And aren't we blessed in this nation, unlike many of the places I visited, where 
in many of the countries I've gone to, there's only one option for church. You go to a local village or a local, even suburban community, and there's just one church. So if you have an issue with the Christians there, you really are faced with the challenge. You and I have so many opportunities to find a local body. It's understanding that I need the body of Christ. I need to be with other believers. I need his people. Just me and God. But God said you're part of a body. When he saved you, he brought you into his body. And that includes other. We are members one of another. Now, if some believer somewhere caused you pain, that pain needs to be dealt with honestly, biblically, and transparently so that you can fulfill your God-ordained place. And your God-ordained place in your walk with the Lord is within the body of Christ, because church, we're members one of another. Now, can we say that we don't need the body? Let's continue in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 22. Paul says, no, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable On these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to the part which it lacks, that there should be no schism in the body, but that members should have the same care one for another. Another one of those one another's. And if one member suffers, all members suffer. And if one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. See, it's too easy to say that the role of the pastor or preacher is more important than any other, and it's not true. It's too easy to say the role of an usher in a church is less important than that of the pastor. It's not true. It's too easy to say that a church treasurer is more important than most other roles. It's too easy to say that a church greeter is less important than some other roles. Church, we need the whole body of Christ. It's too easy to say that those who give to a church are more important than, say, those who might clean the church. No role is more important than any other. No role is more important than any other. Being visible doesn't make it more important. Being able to be heard or able to be hear the expressions doesn't make it more important. Now, if you're an average adult, although what I've come to realize is that for most of you, there's nothing average about any of us. We are exceptional. That was a good save on that, wasn't it? Yeah. If you are an average adult in fairly good health, this is what happens in your body in an average 24-hour period of time. Your heart beats 103,689 times. Your blood travels 168,000 miles. 
Your lungs breathe 24,000 times. You move 750 muscles, give or take. Sometimes I don't move that many muscles. I'm just being honest here. Your bone marrow produces 500 billion red cells. Your brain exercises, hopefully, your brain exercises 7 million brain cells. The point is, these less visible parts of the human body are vital to the entire body being functional. And the same is true for the church. Just because something is more visible, just because something is more audible and heard, doesn't make it more important. Every member of God's church, every member of God's body, every member of the body of Christ is critical and vital and important. Our ability to be healthy involves you being you and you not being me. You And you being with us so that the gift God has given you can be shared. You see, together is when, as verse 26 said in that passage we just read, it's only together where we can care for one another. See, we need to be connected so that when one hurts, we can all share that hurt. We need to be so connected that when one struggles, we can share and struggle together. We need to be so connected that when one is on top of the world, we can share that feeling of being on top of the world. You know, but pastor, when, when I'm in a good mood and things are going well, I don't want to be around people who are struggling. Well, there's a phrase for someone like that. I would say to them, grow up. Grow up. This is part of being a family, part of being in the body of Christ, that when one is suffering, that when one is struggling, that when one is facing a mountain, we need to come alongside and be with that one so that we can all rejoice together. Now, for example, again, going back to the human body as an illustration, if I hit my thumb with a hammer, my whole body feels it. The other hand is going to hold the hand with the thumb I hit to provide comfort, even though it's not feeling anything. The heart pumps faster, rushing blood to the place where the pain is. My legs and feet are going to jump up and down in sympathy of what's going on in my thumb. And my mouth is going to yell as an expression of the pain my thumb is feeling. While the only place that is actually experiencing pain is my thumb. So when you are hurting, so when you are struggling, so when you are going through that valley, there are, in my experience and opinion, and in looking at God's word, there are just so few valleys that God ever designed for you to go through alone. You're supposed to have an army with you, and that army is the body of Christ. So when you're hurting, one solution God provides is being with someone who is well so that we can go through it together.
In this, we can be there, again, members one for another. Now, this is not just a pastor of a local church who's trying to get people to attend. This is God's word. Church, we need one another. These last 10, 11 months, since the beginning of March, it's difficult to fathom that we're coming up in a short period of time, at least for me, it was uh, March 6th that my office sent me home at the start of the pandemic, and I've not, I've been back once, and that's it. And we're coming up on that quickly. Life changed. Life changed. Situations changed. For so many, rules changed of how things go and how things happen. But God didn't change. Aren't you glad for that? And the need for his body didn't change. Yes, I'm grateful for in this period of of seemingly isolation, It has given so many of us the opportunity to really reassess and press in with God and understand what he wants for our lives and to strengthen our walk with the Lord and have the roots of our faith dig deeper and deeper. I appreciate the time we've been given in this pandemic, but even in doing all of those things, they're done with greater health, with greater strength when done together. But pastor, how can you be isolated and be together? Aren't you glad this pandemic isn't happening in the 1800s or in the 1700s? Because today we still can, while Sheltering in place at home, be part of one another's lives. We can still call one another. We can still Zoom with one another. We can still reach out to one another and encourage and be the body of Christ, vital and part of one another, even in a pandemic. We can be members of one another. We are the body of Christ when we're together. Another profound statement. You can't be the body of Christ all by yourself. You need other people to be the body of Christ because that happens when we're together, when we're members one of another. It just seems that events in our culture shift so quickly. And just as everyone that I know was facing into a new year with tremendous optimism uh, optimism, and tremendous hope, then events make people anxious again and overly anxious. And so we look for ways to mitigate that sense of anxiety. We look for ways to prevent the anxiety from being reinforced. I'm here to declare there's only one way. That was said in Psalm 61. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. It's not going to happen by an act of Congress. It's not going to happen by a change in various laws, although those may be needed. What's going to change the anxiety that overwhelms my heart is coming to the rock who is Jesus Christ and having him be a shelter over me. Because that's where I go when my heart is overwhelmed. 
I say, Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. The governmental structures of my nation are not higher than I. But Jesus is higher than I. Paul told the church at Rome, as a way of helping them understand unity, we're members one of another. I won't be able to talk to Paul until I get to talk to him in heaven. But as I continue to study the scriptures and the original languages that they were translated from, I continue to get the sense that him telling the churches at Rome we're members of one another was kind of his way of telling them, you know what, gang, we're stuck with each other. We are family. What's the old phrase I used to hear all the time? You can choose your friends. You stuck with your relatives. They're still relatives, no matter what happens. But seriously, we're members one of another. We're part of each other. Our hearts beat together, or so they should. Our minds progress together, or so they should. Our life experiences need to be a ministry to one another. That's being the body of Christ. And that's what we need in this day. Tremendous calls for unity in our nation. And they're valid calls. Go ahead and call for them. But it's not going to happen. Not until the church gets its act together. Not until the church becomes one. And that's what the church becoming, not becoming something it isn't, something it already is. We are part of each other. And we can rejoice in that. Stand with me, please.